0: Championship
1: team you are listening to season two episode 97 of the cubs fly the w670 podcast scott boris his clients and the cubs don't forget to listen download review most importantly subscribe to the podcast follow us on the socials fly the w670 on twitter instagram of course we're on facebook and you can email us at fly the w670 at gmail.com crawley happy one week till christmas
2: Yep, and uh, hopefully we'll find some Cubs players under our Cubs tree, but uh, until then, <laughs> till then, we
1: wait. We wait patiently. Well, the guy who has all the players, it would seem, is Scott Boris, except for Shohei Otani. And uh, he, Scott Boris, was a guest with uh, our guy, Bruce Levine, on 670 The Scores inside the clubhouse.
2: Yeah, you know, it's – it's my favorite thing about 670 The Scores, like I said, just having – somebody talking baseball in the middle of football season for me it's like an oasis so and Bruce you know Bruce with all the years all the context always has a great guess and uh, like you said Scott Boris boasts a very impressive stable of clients that the Cubs would be interested in signing for the right price um, but we have some clips for the interview and of course you know obviously one of the main topics Dustin is Cody Bellinger and you know it, it's there's a lot of questions about, you know, okay, Scott's coming on the six seventy the score, talking to all the Chicagoans, and Scott Boris doesn't do anything without some sort of intention into it, if you get what I'm saying. Right. Is it, that, that What was the
1: point? Why did
2: he agree to go on with Bruce? Why did he
1: agree to go on the flagship station for the Chicago Cubs on the radio? Um, yeah. So I think this is stuff to talk about. I think we'll have to read between the lines
2: when we take a listen to a couple of his comments. All righty, so here we go. First comment, obviously, right out of the gates, Cody Bellinger.
3: Well, as far as Cody goes, Bruce, I think you know that uh, he really enjoyed the city of Chicago, enjoyed being a Cub, and and always these decisions really, really uh, tender on the idea that uh, you know wh- how competitive that ownership wants to be to acquire the best players, and I I hope for all of Chicago that. Uh, you know the uh, the Cubs are uh, meet the competitive nature of of the league to uh, to uh, you know compete for the best players and have a good team for them.
2: All right. So again, love playing in Chicago. Cody did, and he loves uh, all of that. But he's going to mention in a few of these clips ownership. Okay, are, are the Cubs? willing to play with the big dogs. And, and and I don't think there's any reason why they shouldn't. You know what I'm saying? Well, at some point, the Cubs are going to have to do
1: business with Scott Boris. You have to. Now, he's got, like, a lot of the good players. And there's a reason he has a lot of the good players. And if the Cubs want to be as good as they want to be, you're going to have to do business with the guy. Right. Bottom line, you can't have this – you can't have this. We don't
2: do Scott Boris players. That's just dumb. And, and, you know, I think another big part of it and a question, I think that, you know, for Jed is, is, is he risk averse? Is he worried about signing a big deal after the whole Jason Hayward fiasco? And you know what? Sometimes those big deals don't work. Sometimes they do, but that doesn't mean you shouldn't uh, try and swing for the fences, you know?
1: Right. So we did hear Jed talk about sometimes winning the offseason is a curse, but you know, not participating in the off season is also a curse and <laughs> right. That's where we're at right now. Like right now, right now, I'm not saying that the Cubs didn't try with Otani and we might get into that a little bit later, but right now they're not participating. Yep. So
2: what right we now right. <laughs> we're, we're, we're kind of waiting and seeing, and I'm sure there's conversations. And then, uh, you know, Scott Boris is going to go on to kind of go through Cody's Cody's resume, which of course is, is pretty good. Here's a couple of things that uh, Scott Boris had to say about his client Cody Bellinger. You
3: know, you, you always have to reflect that every time you have a great player, young player, who's had injury. Bryce Harper was injured multiple times after he won an MVP. Uh, he had like a 1.8 WAR, which is well below standards of a star player. Uh, you know, was a a five WAR player. Um, so well, does that minimize his productivity going forward? And the answer is clearly the evidence shows it does not. And, and that was in his platform here. Corey Seager had major hip surgery. He had Tommy John surgery. He had a couple years in his career where he did not uh, certainly uh, – he was hurt, did not play, uh, Cody tried to play even though he was hurt because he could make a defensive contribution for his team. So these kinds of things where you're going to have elements of injury, malperformance by great young talents is not unusual. But the key thing is that when, and even in Cody's case, and, and Corey Seager got hurt his platform year before he was a free agent, he only played 90 games. And Courtney played in the full season. So these things are dynamics that the the evidence of it is, is that when you have MVP skills and you've won that award at a young age and you've continued to get top ten voting three out of your first six years, that resume has a very clear and strong evidence that you're going to be a great player uh, going forward and for a long time.
2: So, couple, you know, I think obviously those there's a couple concerns when it comes to Cody Bellinger and signing him to let's say a 200 plus million dollar contract, and and that has to be you know those years where he really really struggled, especially in 21 and 22 when he was really one of the worst offensive players in baseball, and so the thing that Scott brings up is some of these guys have gotten injured and look what happens. Look at what happened with Bryce Harper. Do you think that would have been nice with the Cubs? Uh Corey Seager, what he called his platform year. So on his walk year is what Scott's calling the platform year. You know, how you saw what Corey Seager did with Texas this year and helping them win the World Series, winning, helping the Rangers win the World Series. Um, so you know, when he's talking about these guys with MVP, you know, talent that that, you know, yeah, Cody had a couple off years, but rather than take time off, he was trying to help the team. Because he could defensively, so that's again the big knock on on Cody is well, what about these couple of years? And what Scott's doing is trying to frame it as, hey, he was injured, but so was Bryce Harper for a little bit. He was dinged up, so was Corey Seager. Look at how that looks now. Yeah, he said, uh, listen, the guy's the guy's really good at what he does. Okay, <laughs> he's
1: really really good at, at what he does. It's just like I said, like I said earlier, Crawley, the Cubs have to be willing to come to the table. And work with this guy, they have to. It's got, I mean, it's not. It's not just. It's not just Cody Bellinger, right?
2: I mean, there's more people we're going to talk about here. Oh, absolutely. And and this is got a little bit more talking about what Bellinger has to offer
3: in this marketplace. Uh, when, when you have 28 and under year old free agents uh, that are available, it's they're just. It just doesn't happen very often. In a decade, it may happen. You know that you might have six or seven of these players. That at that age that would be available. And then you add that they've won MVPs. You have add that they've been in the top 10 MVP voting three times, including his platform season in Chicago. You start to look and say, who has those qualifications and who's that young? And what have those players done who've done that um, uh, since then? And you have to understand that Otani, Bryce Harper, uh, Corey Seager, all these guys, you know, I mean, uh, Corey Seager hasn't won an MVP, but he's been in the top ten and voting multiple times. They have actually gotten better after the age of 28, and they've turned out to be, you know, franchise players for their specific teams. And all of this, you know, obviously every major league team knows this, every owner knows this, and they know that these players are something that once you, You captivate him. This is how you potentiate winning. And Cody's already won a world championship. He's, and he's already played in the World Series. So he has the full complement of age, uh, MVP performance, and championship level play experience demonstrated that, you know, he's a a great postseason performer. So you're getting a a resume that is frankly uh, rare to. To have access to and so when you're asking me where do these players end up it's highly competitive and um, uh, and uh, it's just something where ownership has to uh, really embrace it and do their best to uh, uh, achieve the level of competition to acquire the player.
2: hey he said ownership that means we drink right um, <laughs> so when, when, when we'll try here's drink the, anyway, <laughs> here's the funny thing though, Dustin is that, you know, when I listen to it and, and a lot of what he's talking about is yeah, Cody was injured. Um, and talking about his age, as far as you don't get a lot of these guys, like a Bryce Harper, like a Corey Seager that get, you know, to their free agency at such a young age, 26, 27 years old. Right. So if you're thinking about a seven, eight year deal, let's say, hypothetically speaking, you're. What you really, when you look at those long-term contracts, Dustin, is those first half of the contract, right? Mm -hmm. You know at the back end you're going to have a decline. But those first four years, when you're talking 27 to age 31, 32, that should be a ball player's prime, correct? Should be, yeah. But when you when he talked about the MVP, the rookie of the year, the postseason experience, winning a World Series, yeah, he had a little bit of injuries, but now look at these guys. You know which client he didn't bring up? the cup fans might remember no how about chris bryant (laughs) no okay so you could everything that he's saying about cody bellinger right now you could he could have made just taken out cody bellinger and just said chris bryant and every single thing he said would have been true tried to play through some injuries was an mvp young player rookie of the year won a world series had went to three nlcs's do you think colorado's happy with that contract that they got no <laughs> so I guess I guess if I'm Jed Hoyer, that would be the flip side. Is like, you know, we did have a guy, a contract, a client of yours, you know, uh, remember Chris Bryant? How's that big contract you got him working out for Colorado? So um, again, you know, but but again, when you have when you do have a guy that ha- has been an MVP caliber and he is going to, you know, being young and you can lock him up, like I said, now if he's going to be 27 to let's say a 10-year deal or maybe even eight, let's say eight-year deal, let's be realistic, 27, that takes him to what, 35, 36? You know, I think at that point, you know, it, it's something to really think about. People are still concerned about his hard hit rate, his barrel rate. Um, whether that makes a big deal, I don't know. But uh, this is this next quote right here is interesting just because it talks about that about how the Cubs know what they got in Cody.
3: Well, I'm sure, Bruce, that – You know, uh, the Chicago fans understand that, you know, who are the Cubs with Cody and who are the Cubs without them? And, you know, when you play in a market that you actually get to answer that question by the performance of the player, um, you uh, can really determine what what he means to a specific franchise and their probability of winning and what it would be like without him being there.
2: Question for you, Dustin. If Cody Bellinger was not a miracle from the baseball gods last season in 2023, Cubs finished with 83 wins. Cody Bellinger's not on that team. How many wins do you think that team has? Ooh. 75,
1: 73. Yeah, it it looks a little
2: different, doesn't it? it, You you agree with that?
1: I'd, I'd put that at about 75. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, yeah, he's, I mean, and we, we saw, unfortunately we saw that lineup without him, you know, he missed some time. Right. So we did,
2: we did see that. When he hurt his knee in uh, Houston and he was out for a little bit, but I guess the thing I think about Dustin, you know, is, is that remember we talked about this before is why would you trade players to get a Juan Soto? And I think what we talked about back then is that if you're going to get a Juan Soto, let's say for 400 to 450 million, right. Wouldn't you want to see what he could do first before committing that dollar amount? So I think what Scott's saying there is, look, the Cubs saw what he was firsthand, the kind of worker he was, the kind of teammate he was, you know, work playing center field, playing first base, just really everything that he brought to the table. And so if the Cubs know 100% what Cody is, then they shouldn't have a problem committing to him, correct? Should not. No, they should not. Now, you talked a little bit earlier, um, Dustin, about the fact that, you know, Scott has a big, stable client, and Juan Soto is one of them, another one, a guy that we've been talking about, Reese Hoskins, and there's been, you know, talk lately with Cody Bellinger about possibly right now, uh, you know, Toronto being the favorites and no longer the Cubs being the favorites. I think Bob Nightingale reported that. Another guy that we've talked about, Reese Hoskins. And recently there's been talk about him going to the Mariners. And so this is the tough thing, Dustin. We don't know what's smoke and what's not because a lot, like I said, a lot of times these agents, you know, he's going to come on the score because he has a message he wants to send to the fans of Chicago to put pressure on ownership. He has, you know, certain things that get leaked to the media are intentionally leaked to, you know, to get people excited. We saw the whole thing with Otani going to Toronto on a plane that he was never on. These things happen, man. And it's a game. And so who knows, but this is what uh, Scott Boris had to say about Reese Hoskins, another one of his clients.
3: Yeah. He had a, uh, you know, a knee, a knee operation. I don't want to say for a guy who had three of them, I, I, <laughs> none of them are, Sam, but he had a, a knee. Operation. He's, he was fine. He came back and actually uh, he was going to potentially be added to the world series roster of the Phillies if they, if they kept advancing. So he, uh, really got back to uh, a playing mark and uh, is pretty much ready to go for the, uh, for the 24 season.
2: So sounded like Reese Hoskins was going to pull a Kyle, Kyle Schwarber and show up to save the team in the world series. Right. Mm -hmm. If the Phillies would have gotten there. And so he's saying, he says all the right
1: things. Again, the guy's brilliant at what he does. Crawley, no doubt
2: about it. I just, Dustin, look, nobody is going to give Reese Hoskins right now a four or five year deal, right? No. Mm -mm. So, where does, so why he, not- where, does, where does he want to go? Where does
1: where does Reese want to go? Does he want to go where he might win? Does he want to go where that's the most amount of money? Um, we have to wait and see. I, I don't know where he's from. I don't know what his, his marital situation is, if that's a thing. You know, where's the wife from? Where's the girlfriend from?
2: Um, okay. So there's all kinds of things to take into consideration. He's from Northern California, which is right by, you know, where those Seattle rumors start coming by yep. mm-hmm. on the West Coast. Um, but I think Dustin, you know, everybody knows he's not going to get a four or five year deal right now. No. So why wouldn't you just, whatever the Cubs, who cares about the money at this point, say two years, $40 million, or at least maybe two years, $35 million with an opt-out after the first year.
1: Right. Because would you, you need that? that? I mean, you need a first baseman and you need a DH and he could right. be a combo of that. Right. Yeah. I mean, to make the, listen, I, I would be fine with that. I would I, I, I just that. don't
2: get what the holdup on that unless, one is. Me, Unless,
1: unless. They're worried about the medical. They're worried they're worried about something. Right. But I don't Ken- I
2: honestly right now,
1: I can't figure out what the hell they're doing. I, I don't I don't get it. <laughs> I, I don't I'm confused. I just really am. I'm just really confused on what they're unless they just believe that they got the best free agent out there, and he wasn't really even a free agent, and that was the new skipper, Craig Council. Unless they think right. that's like the addition of Craig Council, they're winning the division. And if they're but in I, a position to win the division, then they'll make a move at the trade deadline.
2: But see, my understanding is, is what they sold Craig Council on was we're going to get you players when Milwaukee wouldn't. Well, so right. well, you, you, does that mean <laughs> that doesn't
1: necessarily mean in the, in the in free agency, right? Maybe it's at the trade deadline, but again, right. I don't, I don't think that the Cubs on paper right now, I don't think they're a 500 team,
2: man. Okay. And, Where it and right this now, is...
1: They're not a 500 team.
2: They don't have any and, offense.
1: And... They don't have enough offense.
2: And Dustin, this is what Scott Boris had to say, which kind of just kind of nails the hits the nail on the head on that one here. Here we go.
1: You have got to make
3: sure that that uh, if you uh, you can illustrate to your fan base that you want to win, and if you don't get these players. They're not going to be available in the next free agent market. And then you try to mitigate that by trading for lesser players. And most of the players you're trading for, teams aren't giving away young two-way players. And in this marketplace, particularly in the offensive category, there is not a lot of offense that's available uh, for two-way players uh, to really allow your club not only to sustain where they were a year ago, but actually improve and get better. And that's the, the hard part for the Cubs because obviously Cody got them to this level and they need even more than that to advance to higher levels uh to um, you know to win their division and, and to to really advance deep into the playoffs. So these are these are competitive times. Ownership has to support, you know, the executives of their teams and their pursuits. And what you find is is that many of them don't and those that do I think uh, get get rewarded for it
1: all right uh, but it, in Orchard, what drink. I heard what I heard there is that Cody Bellinger is not even enough to get the Cubs over
2: the hump that's what he just said if I if I heard what he said right and and we saw that last year with everything that Cody did with being the comeback player of the year they fell one game short, and they lost Marcus Stroman, who, again, don't forget, had a very, very good first half, an all-star first half. So you have to replace the pro- – you have to equal the production of Cody and you have to equal the production of Stroman just to get to yourself at 83 wins. Well, 83 wins didn't get you in the postseason, and it, and, and if if somehow the Cubs would have made it in the postseason, Dustin, again, you never know, but I can just tell you they weren't going far. Let, let's be 100- – hundred. stranger things have happened – but trust me you wouldn't have been betting the house that the cubs were winning the world series with the team they had last year so nope. again this is going good. good teams spend money okay we're going to talk about shohei Otani last year or later but don't discount the fact that the dodgers are always winning and always getting players don't think that that was lost on someone like shohei Otani. i don't care where he preferred to play point of the matter is is people want to play for a winning organization and so at this point in time, that's going to cost you money. I'm sorry. The Dodgers aren't going anywhere. New York, we're going to talk about it later. The two New York clubs are battling for Yamamoto services. You want to sit there and wait to get the best deal? You want to go shopping for the generic brand cereal? That's fine. It's just not as good. I'm sorry.
1: Yeah. And again, they're not charging. they're not charging generic prices either to go to the games, right?
2: No, sir. Highest, highest ticket experience in all experience, of baseball. Right. When you factor in parking tickets, beer, hot dogs, souvenirs, highest. So again, I, I don't, I, I don't mind paying that as long we're as so, are, are we I still see, paying for concrete. Are we still paying for concrete? <laughs> I, I don't mind paying for concrete as long as I see that the team is investing in the best players out there.
1: Well, right. But I, my point is, is that the reason they're not investing in players is because we're still trying to pay off the concrete.
2: Maybe anyway, we'll see. I, 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 all I can tell you again, I was at Wrigleyville this weekend and, and people were all over Chris Kindle market all over their restaurants and bars. I knew people personally that were staying at the hotel Zachary this weekend. So it used to be Wrigley made them money uh, when the season was starting. Wrigley field now is a year round cash cow.
1: And what, what do you, what do you guess? What, what, what was hotel Zachary this weekend?
2: Oh my God! I'm hoping it wasn't more than six, seven hundred dollars a night, but probably I more mean, than
1: that. I mean, that's ridiculous.
2: That's ridiculous. Hey, all I'm asking the Cubs is, is is spend because that's what Cub fans have been doing is spending to help this team.